0: You are listening to Doc Watson's boxing update in association with Primal Radio.
1: Primal Radio, we've made it back yet another week, Tom. What is up, buddy? I think it's like the first day
0: of spring over here, and the kids in the garden next door are all playing outside. So, so there might be a bit bit of background noise, but it's beautifully sunny here. Is it really? Maybe winter's over. Are you have you still got a snowstorm?
1: Now, we just had a major ice storm last week. I actually had to close the gym down because the roads were terribly icy. And uh, like 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I decided I, I should just – because no one shows up. Here's what shows up. I decide to leave the school open, and the two worst fucking students always show up, and they want to do everything. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So you're fucking trying to teach this joker how to throw a fist. I don't understand. How about this? What if a dinosaur jumps out from behind the bush? What do I do? (laughs) I'm going to fucking kill Barney. I'm going to kill you. This is what I go through. So instead of killing two of my students, I decided to close the gym because inevitably that's what happens. You know, none of the fighters show up. No one that really has or no one that can run the show or that I can work out with. It's always a high maintenance client.
0: What did you do with your afternoon off then? Because you don't get time off much.
1: No, I went home and brought my computer home so I could work. <laughs> I was working on this stuff. So much going on, we gotta get to our guest who hasn't been on in a couple months, but I have so much going on with multiple promotions going on that it is nonstop. Ironically, so you say I never get rest and we'll cover this real quick. I went home the other day I ran out. I forget what I did. I went to the post office and then I, I went home, I took a shower, I like to do that once in a while. And then I sat on my couch, I, and I said, You know what? I could probably Hang out for like an hour. I'm going to see what humans do. Like take a break, sit down, right? And I put on some Netflix, and I kind of sat and got comfortable, and my fucking phone must have went off 50 times in an hour. You would think the goddamn planet would stop spinning if I didn't get to my phone. So needless to say, I didn't get to Um. that. That's the chaos I built. It's crazy. But anyway, so we're back. Now we have our resident boxing genius on the show, Doc Watson. How you doing, buddy?
2: Very good, guys. Very good. How are you? Good. Doing that? Well, We've missed you.
1: What's going on with your schedule? I mean, I, you know, we pay you a lot, a lot of money to be on this show. I know. And we can't see right. the schedule. What, is, what could be more important? Where the
0: fuck have you been, more to there the you point? Go.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I think i
2: literally... I think last Sunday, maybe could have done one. But prior to that, I've been on a flight every Saturday or Sunday for about eight weeks. It's been nuts. I've had so much weekend oh, travel. You- went back to Europe around Christmas time. Went over to Romania. which is where my wife's from. And Tom yeah. came over for a few days. So that was, good that was good. We had a bit of fun in the snow and we went skiing. About- that was... A disaster for me because I fell off the ski lift twice. <laughs> um, I wish but... I'd
0: videoed that shit.
1: <laughs> oh God, I wish videoed that I'd film,
2: mate. It was a real crumb down to earth because I've had about six ski lessons spread out over about six years, and I've done really well in all of these lessons on little slopes. And Tom's queuing up for this ski lift. I don't have poles. He's telling me it doesn't matter what, so you don't need poles or, or doc. <laughs> I'm teetering along the there trying to get on this thing. I grab this thing, stick it between my legs, and he says he shouts, lean back. So I lean <laughs> back, basically, <laughs> all on my ass in front of him. <laughs> and then this guy shouts we don't lean back kind of lean into it. I thought, well, what does that mean? And literally at that moment the, the sort of guy that's operating the ski lift grabs this whatever that chair is and sticks it between my legs. This time I actually get going. I get about 50 meters up the slope and fell off again. Um decided <laughs> to walk to the top of the ski slope. I said no. to Tom, I'll meet you up there and I trekked to the top of the ski slope. You climbed was the, most, the
1: mountain yourself <laughs> yeah,
2: it was the size I've done in a long time. We skied down, didn't we tom but uh I, I basically i think I went and had a
0: mulled wine
2: after that and
1: is there a bar at the top of the mountain?
0: No, nah, not in Romania you do you get that everywhere else, but Romania's right. still developing their ski facilities. they got the bars at the bottom
2: when you're paying less than a euro for a beer, you don't complain where the bar is <laughs> <laughs>
1: well yeah. You go up to the top, you get all screwed up, and then you got to – we'll go down the double diamond slope. You feel no pain. Well, good. it's amazing that you have time to squeeze us in then. We won't give you any shit. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason That's you are awesome. here is because you purport to be a boxing expert. <laughs> no, you are. You know a lot of boxing, and hence the the world famous as it knows is it. It's not I unlike shot hurled around the world, the Pete McNeely Stop question. Me.
2: I got stopped in the street the other day.
1: For what?
0: Tell the story of what, what happened to your brother. Like someone came up to him in the pub, and like
2: one of my old mates from school has obviously seen the podcast advertised, you know, and uh,
1: right,
2: he my brother. He said, Nigel, I, uh, I didn't know that like Andy was a world famous boxing expert." So Then kind of this went well. <laughs> <rare. laughs> <laughs> One of my other mates, Graham, he and I kind of started our martial arts journey together years ago. We started kickboxing yeah. together, and he, he knows I, I love boxing. It? And he goes around to see my brother. He says, yeah, Nigel, no, I mean, I know Andy's gone, he's working out in Japan now, but apparently now he's like a world-famous boxing expert. course, <laughs> 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 He's out up laughing, and we just left him there. So I don't yeah. think he can- Him, so as far as I know, my mate Graham thinks that I'm a world famous boxing expert. Well, you are, you are on
1: platform radio, buddy.
2: Technically, I am right. And uh, so I saw him on Christmas Eve actually, we met for a curry, as is the tradition. And uh, he didn't sort of say anything, I could tell he thought he was in the company of greatness, you know. So I was was trying, (laughs) man, it's the same old me.
1: That is so funny. Oh, that's great. All right, so anyway, so why we're on the show is. Heck, we got to talk about boxing. Once a month, that's our goal. So we're one month behind, so we got to do one extra show this year. I saw, like, the breakdown of how we want to go through this year. We just want to go fight by fight. You want to recap last year what your thoughts were on it? Or
2: Last year was a, it was a pretty good year, right? We had some right. we had some good fight. I guess it's February now, and I think probably most people are, are, are looking more forward than they are looking back. Right, I agree. So – You know, I'm excited by half a dozen or so fights scheduled in already this year. Obviously, I mean, there's a lot more fights than that scheduled in, but I kind of picked out a few that I think listeners might be interested in. I suppose jointly fighting for top position is the Joshua V. Miller fight and the Wilder Fury rematch, right? You know, the, the kind of three best heavyweights are out in action. I'm not really sure what to make of Joshua v. Miller. I can't really see what Miller's done to deserve the fight, but he is a big unit. He is huge. 300
1: pounds, what's that, like 136
2: kilos or some shit like that? It's a lot. He's getting bigger, isn't he? If you look at him in his early career, he was still big, and he wears those silly tassel shorts. To my eyes, he looks a bit ridiculous, and you know the big baby nickname kind of fits because he does look like a gigantic baby. I think that fight will go one way.
1: Yeah, I and do I too. Think... But, you know, when you brought up the t- like why Miller deserves it, well, sometimes as a promoter, you don't always have the ideal opponent at the time. So you got to do your next works. Now, Miller is a, a big guy. He's a volume puncher. He's in surprisingly good shape. He'll keep coming forward to Joshua and, and pressure him. But the ironic thing, Joshua being a smaller boxer. Likes fighting on the inside, so it could be a toe-to-toe match for some time. I'm wondering if Miller's size is going to keep Joshua back on his heels. Uh, you know, well, I don't know.
2: Miller is a little shorter, and I haven't checked out their respective reaches, but I think he's I probably the shorter reach. Sure, although he's bigger in the sense of his, I mean, he's like a barrel, isn't he? Yeah. I'm sure that I'm sure he's going to hold a, a shot pretty well, and. Kind of be this immovable force. But I, I expect Joshua to keep it long, actually, uh, or at least I think this is what I'd be telling it, you know, d- doing if I was him. I'd be, I'd be keeping him on the end of some long shots and then right. maybe opening up with the, the closer ones when he feels he's got Miller hurt. I suppose he's warmed into a bit of a safety zone because because I, I guess if he stands toe to toe, then that gives Miller his best chance. As you say, it's not really about who deserves it at the end of the day because that is, that's actually not really how boxing works a lot of the time, is it? Um,
1: Most of the time, yeah.
2: Right, exactly. But we've got that. It's a huge fight. There's enormous sums of money flying around for that, isn't there? I'm, I think I've heard that Joshua might make 35000000 million. I'm not sure really, if that's dollars. I,
1: that is a, I mean, it's a fight. It's what you call a tune-up, a warm-up. It's really to keep Joshua busy. Miller really on paper anyway and anything I've seen ha- does not have a chance. But to throw that kind of money at Joshua, that just seems a huge sum of money. He could fight me for less than that. Why would they pay that much money for that?
2: It always amazes me when you see these large numbers. I just think now, you know, there are there literally is so many people in the world and with social media, the reach is so great. And then with things like and the reach is just so big now that I just think the numbers associated with pay-per-view and subscriptions and it's, it's just crazy. I don't know how far it can go. Everyone's tuning in and paying 50 bucks. I don't know what they charge pubs and commercial establishments, but obviously a lot more. The numbers just become huge. You know, you've got to think that, that Eddie Hearn would be making a lot I'm sure Miller's doing pretty well out of it. And then there's a whole raft of other people that we who you know who we wouldn't even know who they are who are getting paid as well. So it's just mind-boggling, really, how how big these fights
1: are. No, um, it really is.
2: The big fight that we're all really intrigued about is obviously the rematch between Wilder and Fury. The three best heavyweights are kind of in action in the first half of the year. It's the Wilder Fury rematch that I'm certainly most excited about. I can't quite picture how that fight's going to go, but I think you have to expect that Fury will improve even more off the back of the first Well, have you
1: seen the recent photos of Fury, how leaned out he is? I have. So he is going to be faster and more elusive than he was the first time. I agree with you 100%, Doc, that he will work on... And exploiting those weaknesses that Wilder brings to the table—the always that intangible that you can't get rid of—is that giant bomb uh, that oh, can yeah, be landed sure. at any point from any direction. How do you account for that? So even under even as elusive as you may be, and I've done it myself—you move into a punch, never feels that great, and that with that power oh, could be the end of the fight for him
2: this is the beautiful thing about Tyson Fury, is he's always moving away from that punch. So right. it's so hard to hit him because he's, you know, he's leaning back and he's slipping. But Wilder knows, I'm sure, I'm sure going into the first fight, Wilder knew if he connected, there'd be trouble. But there's nothing like you know, actually knowing because he did it in the first match. So Wilder's going to be going into this second fight thinking, I've got to find a way to nail him early in the fight so that he can't get away. As opposed to sort of at the end, like he did last time, so that's going to make him, I suppose, put his foot down a bit more. And I don't know how that how that plays out, but I fancy Fury to win. And if Fury's on this almost biblical path of kind of, I don't know. I agree.
1: He's up on a divine
2: path at the moment, isn't he? So I I think he's just gonna get better and better, actually. I'm very excited about what the future holds for Mr. Fury over the next yeah, couple no, of years. I,
1: I do, too. I think, it, like, the first fight was a great fight. Fury obviously got robbed. That's not uncommon in boxing. I expect yeah. that he'll come better shape. I don't expect to see anything different from Wilder, other than maybe, as you say, go, stepping on the oh. pedal in the early rounds. Now, that could cause a problem for Wilder, hence you're going so hard, missing shots, and fatiguing at a greater rate. Now, if that happens, it's obviously... Yeah, it'll go. It'll, I would assume that it would go to Fury at, at that at that point. Now, another thing I thought was, that, you know, Fury he gave his entire first purse away, from my understanding, unless you've heard differently. And, and this time, he's expected to get twenty million dollars for this fight, which is a, a hell of a payday.
2: Good on him. stories he was going to give a, a chunk of his purse away. I wouldn't have imagined that he gave all of it away. Um,
1: I read it in several different things. It could be wrong though
2: more power to him you know he's he already had money i'm sure he covered his costs of the training if he did give it away and now he's going to take 20 million maybe he'll keep all of that or, or what is what's left of it after taxes and fees and all of that or maybe he'll give some more away but this is only going to make people get behind him even more you know i'm sure that's not the reason for him doing it if he's one thing he's a very genuine guy that's not going to hurt his brand at all no. is it
1: so it's a couple of things is that the WBC might make a rematch between, uh, excuse me, there might be a fight between White and Brazil, and Joshua might have to fight one of these guys, a mandatory fight to to save one of his titles, versus fighting the winner of Wilder and Fury, which throws a monkey wrench into the whole thing. Now, also, the other monkey wrench in this thing is if if it's a really close fight again, excellent fight, let's assume Wilder or Fury just edge it out at the end. Is there going to be a rubber match? So now you're talking yeah. about Joshua out of the picture again for another six months, and what happens with him? God forbid he, by some miracle of God, gets punched in the face and falls apart with Miller or something else. So there's all kinds of crazy stuff that can happen, you know?
2: Absolutely. It's a funny one, because we were talking about the show, one of the things I was thinking about is, you know, what I'd love to see this year, and you know, one of those things is Fury and Joshua. But at the same time, I think that White and Brazil... Could be a real barn burner because I agree. People know Brazil from his fight with Joshua, where he showed he was tough, but he didn't give so much offensively. But he's had some real back and forth kind of toe to toe barn burners as as you know, and obviously White's much improved and doesn't mind sort of going at it with anyone. So I feel like that could be a really good fight. So I'd be very excited to see that, and I'd be quite happy to see Joshua fight the winner. And then, of course, if we've got the rubber match with Fury and um, Wilder, I don't think you could complain too much if this kind of whole thing doesn't get settled until 2020 or something because no, we'll have some it. really good fights in, in the meantime and, and, and more build-up. So I, I guess, you know, just crack through a few more of the fights that are, that are coming through. There's an interesting fight next weekend. It's not really for any titles or much, really, other than kind of bragging rights, I suppose, but James DeGale versus Chris Eubank Jr.,
1: is yeah. that for the IBO? Isn't that for the IBO super middleweight title? Or it's a twelve-round fight? I
2: didn't think it was.
1: Thought that's what so, I okay. Maybe you I'm you
2: you could be right. I've been looking at this fight as a a sort of a does DeGale retire or not fight? I think he's kind of nicknamed it the retirement fight. Um, he did. He did. Uh, yeah, let's have a quick look. Someone jump online and check. But uh, I'm yeah. I'm fascinated actually by this fight. I think because I'm. Really like James Gale. He's not looked so good in his last couple of fights, shown signs of wear coming toward the end of his career. I'm not really much of a fan of Christian Eubank Jr., although he's a sort of love him to hate him or whatever you call it. He's quite irritating, isn't he? But you can't help but tune in. degale on form, he will literally toy with Eubank Jr. Eubank Jr. won't land a glove on him, so to speak. But obviously degale has not been on form in his last couple of fights. He's nearing the end, but he's definitely going to be motivated because he would hate to lose to Eubank Jr. So I think it's going to be um, quite an intriguing fight. My money would be on De Gale to win on points quite comfortably, right. even if he is on the slide. Let's see. We've got Joe Joyce, big up-and-coming heavyweight from the UK is fighting Bermaine Stiverne, right. who, you know, had a couple of interesting fights with Wilder. But Bermaine Steverne has been saying that he's trained like he's never trained before for this fight, that he's kind <laughs> of, he's quite poetic about it, that he's been yeah. away and he's locked himself yeah, in. Yeah, he's been
1: 15 months or so. Cabins
2: up, he's, he's been up a mountain and he's been, you know, tucked away in a cabin somewhere and he's eaten right, right and trained right and drank right and done everything. He's basically saying he's done everything that you know, he's never did before, and he, and he shouldn't have fought last time when he fought Wilder and stuff like this. And so, you never know. I mean, Joe Joyce comes forward, throws tons of punches, and will probably steamroll Stiverne.
1: Probably will.
2: The romanticist in me always, you know, likes ah, to imagine ah. that maybe he'll turn back the clock, because he's put in a couple of good performances before, and he's a, he's actually a decent fighter at his level. And also, right. you don't know yet what level Joe Joyce is at. So it could be that their levels collide and they have quite a good fight, but we'll see. What do you think
1: uh, of Joyce's future? you think he's got a, a good future? from At least from the outset, it looks pretty decent, right?
2: Yeah. I'm not sure, you know. I, I Too early to tell? Yeah. His style is quite interesting to me. He throws a lot. He's a big guy and he throws a yeah. lot of punches. got a real high work rate. So now I watch him and I feel like he thinks... I'm big and I'm hard and I'm tough and I'm just going to come forward and throw loads of punches and I can just deal with anyone like that and probably does. How well that will work at the top level. At some point, those over keen fighters tend to have to slow down, sit back a little bit, a bit more poised, because if they just come steaming forward, you know, the big guys are going to. Elite guys will um, come forward like that to Tyson Fury, and we'd be in front of you one minute and probably behind you the next. You know, you think <laughs> and you, you'd be like headbutting at the ring post. So yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I think he's got a future, but a bit early to tell. Tom, Oops. I'm sorry. I've said too many arms. You're going to be busy. <laughs>
1: That's okay because he hired someone just to come in here and get rid of the ums. (laughs) So, Usk, is that how you say his name? Ousk.
2: Yeah.
1: He's going to move to heavyweight. What do you think? Is that set? Yeah.
2: Obviously, he's had a phenomenal year, pretty much cleared out the cruiserweight division. He won the World Boxing Super Series Cruiserweight Championship. Yeah. He starched Tony Bellew in their fight after you know quite a competitive fight. So that guy's on fire, and he's going to heavyweight. I don't think there's a date yet, but there's talk of him maybe fighting. He's not hear in April? Remember now, I'm one of the undercards, but he's definitely going to heavyweight. He's definitely going to be doing something there, and it, I'm super intrigued to see how we do. I actually think he's going to do really well. Obviously, it's going to be a small heavyweight, but uh, so is right. Evander Holyfield, you know, and it didn't look look, at, look how far Would he you went. you say, so.
1: Vander, if I'm not mistaken, we had this discussion on our last show, what was that the argument for a super heavyweight division, yes. something like over 250, because a guy like Usk or Evander Holyfield today, just is too small. I mean, these guys are gigantic, six, 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 seven, going up to 300 pounds. Weight division's are there for a reason and if you're 205 207 fighting a guy 260 it matters a whole bunch that 260 pound guy just has to touch you i fought back in my day guys over 300 pounds and let me tell you they were big and fat and it sucked because every time they throw you or come at you it was just tough even if you were the better fighter more skilled fighter faster stronger you have all those attributes what <laughs> the attribute you don't have is their lard their size, so
2: it's like if you're a welterweight and you're sparring with a, you know, with a cruiserweight or or right. a small heavyweight, no one's going to let you spar with a big heavyweight. And you're just having to move around. They hit you with a jab, and it's sort of feel like, you know, you feel like you're being shoved.
1: Right. <laughs> I mean, I imagine <laughs> when you boxed, Doc, that you had sparred guys much bigger.
2: Yeah, especially when I was kickboxing, you know, right. Was, you just spar with anyone and everyone. And, I think he's a good oh, fighter to yeah. do
1: well but I think that is such a big challenge how big is his you know what's he six foot tall even
2: I think he's uh about six two
1: well that's yeah. that's the tiny <laughs> yeah,
2: right. Let's that find
1: out. and he's certainly talented enough he's certainly skilled enough it, it just some of those bigger fighters are just gonna cause an I mean shit it, when Klitschko what six six and it, it, just so, putting that jab out there
2: Usig is 190 centimeters tall Dylan White's 193, so he's a little right. bit shorter than Dylan White. He's eight centimetres shorter than Anthony Joshua. He's a centimetre taller than Tony Bellew. So that, basically, I mean, he's the same height as Tony Bellew, basically. which gotcha. He's pretty small for heavyweight. But I think he's going to do well. You know, he's trained, or at least sometimes trained, by Vasily Lomachenko's dad, who I think they call yeah. him Apachenko. Yeah, <laughs> He's talking about his style, can't you? He's... A real box of tricks. I, I can't wait to see how he's going to do. I, putting him in there with the likes of Joshua, it's just so all-round big. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. You know, over 12 rounds, how that pans out. But it's going to be fascinating to see. Oh, yeah. sure. Next on my list, and I know we talked about this last time, so we won't cover it much. We've got Erospence, Mikey Garcia in March, March 16th. That's obviously right. still a fight. And then what we didn't talk about last time, because we didn't know about it then, was Terence Crawford versus Amir Khan. And I think this is a fascinating fight. April the 20th, Madison Square Garden. My view is Khan is never in a dull fight. I mean, he gets a lot of stick, but I really like Amir Khan. He's really got some guts. He'll fight anyone. You know, he's took some pretty tough fights. You know, Canelo, if you saw his fight with uh, Maidana, I mean, you know, my God, I don't know how he got through that fight, but he got through it. He gets knocked out, he comes back. I like that about the guy, you know. He's got some kahunas and he's and he, and he gets in there. I don't think he's going to beat Crawford. I think he's going to outbox Crawford for about three to four rounds whilst Crawford figures out, how the hell do I deal with this guy that's so fast? And then he will, and he'll find his timing, and he'll knock Khan out. And it will go a little bit the way some of other Khan's fights have gone. But I really think that would be a, Good fight to watch as long as it lasts. And there's no shame in losing to Terence Crawford, and then, so hopefully the Kellbrook fight is still there afterwards. Have you got any thoughts on that one?
1: I have no thoughts at all. (laughs) I think (laughs) (laughs) in the beginning, Conn's going to pose a problem for him, give him different looks and the speed and the angles and stuff. And then Crawford will figure this out and probably finish him round seven or eight. I think they'll stop the fight somewhere in there. That's my initial thought. I like Khan. I I would like to see him potentially win it, but it might be just too much. I mean, Khan's 33-4 and and uh, Crawford's 33-0. and I mean, pretty well matched up, I guess. But I think, yeah, Crawford's going to be a little too much.
2: I like Khan a lot, but for me, he doesn't improve as a fighter.
1: Brings the same thing all the time, right?
2: He brings the same thing. He makes the same mistakes. His strength, which is this explosive speed, it's not timing it's I think it's just it's just speed quickness of the volume of his punches and he just relies on that all the time and I don't feel like he's corrected his defense or massively improved his boxing ability really I really liked his performance against Luis Calazo some years ago I was I thought wow he's really he improved I thought he did some cute stuff in that fight and then I, since then it's, to me it's the same and I I've heard that he doesn't train much between fights and I feel that Amir Khan is a perfect example of a fighter that should be in the gym all year because he should be working on these gaps and these defences and and figuring out ways that he can get these explosive, super-fast combinations off without getting nailed on the counter because that's how he, he gets knocked out. And that's how he'll get knocked out again against Crawford, I think. But it'll be good. I'm, I'm excited to watch it. I'll be quite happy to be wrong as you can tell, but uh, obviously Crawford is uh, probably, in a lot of people's opinions, you know, he's the future, if you know what I mean. Um, right. So top guy. Um, another interesting fight, Canelo Alvarez, Daniel Jacobs. Now, yeah. This is intriguing, right? I mean, it is. the tough fight that Jacobs, or the close fight that Jacobs gave Triple G, a lot of people thought that Jacobs won that fight. I thought it was very close. Watching it back, you know, I felt comfortable that Triple G did win the fight, but Jacobs is good. I could he see is. him do well against Alvarez. He's taller, he's awkward, he's fast. He's, I think that's an interesting fight. I can't see any way how Jacobs would get the decision, right. even if he boxes him. Can't, you can't see him knocking Canelo out, right? Because Canelo seems no, to I... super tough, but I think that fight's going to be real close, and interesting to see what happens. you think cool. it'll
1: go to a decision?
2: Yeah, I do. Just
1: Canelo wins a unanimous decision?
2: That's what I think. I think he wins the decision, but we could be talking about it afterwards, going, was that fair, or that was a lot closer than, than the scores suggested. Um, we'll see. How, uh,
1: how about an Alvarez-Triple G rematch?
2: I mean... <laughs> triple G, you've got to be thinking, really? What more do I have to do? You know, I feel like the first two fights... I think the first fight, obviously Triple G won. Second fight was close, but Alvarez did do really well. In the third fight, I think I'd favour Alvarez, just because he's getting older and getting better. Triple um, right. G, I can't sure. You know, he surely has to be either, you know, leveling off or, or even slightly in decline, just based on age and stuff. So just, you know, the timeline between the fights has got to favour Canelo a lot, I would right. think so. I would think so, um, too. I'm not sure what's next for Triple G, because obviously there's a great fighter that, you know, I love to watch, and a lot of people do, and um, technically I appreciate Triple G a lot. I love the sure. way he punches, I love the arc of his shots. And if you look at the way he punches, it always makes like turn it in and really land mm-hmm. with that clean knuckle fight. It's just beautiful to watch him fight. You know, He's so great. destructive. I don't know what, uh, what comes next really. We're not going to complain if we get the rematch, are we? No. Nah. And then the last fight of my notable fights was yeah. Inoue, Nao Inoue, Emmanuel Rodriguez. <laughs> uh, you'll all remember that Inoue is the guy that I, I told you the story about how you know I got the tickets and me and the wife went to see his fight, the World Boxing Super Series in Tokyo yeah. and I'd met Cali Suala and he'd come to my house and done some recording for this uh promotional thing for the w World uh, world boxing super series and of course in a way uh, arguably that was like my knockout of the year um it was a ridiculous knockout in the first round of haiano so i'm quite intrigued to see how this fight's going to go down they're fighting in scotland uh, the SSE SC arena and i think that's going to be a really good fight
1: i was more intrigued by the location of the fight how the fuck did they end up in scotland
2: Dude, boxing's big there, you know. I oh, mean, I know it out- is,
1: but it just, you don't normally hear a, a title fight or something like that happening in Scotland. That was all. That was my surprise. Like, wow. It's a-
2: no, there's thing. a few, actually. It's been a few over the years with Ricky Burns and stuff, but obviously with Inoue being Japanese, it's sort of interesting to see how, how well he'll travel, how well he'll perform. I expect he'll be fine. It's hard to look past him, really. The guy oh. looks uh, looks unstoppable. Nobody ever is, of course, but he looks phenomenal. So I'm excited about that. And that's on May
1: the 18th. That's a you know, pretty good recap of what's coming up in the next couple of months. And I had one other question. I'm not sure I asked you this last time. Mayweather is making a career to fighting MMA fighters who can never touch him. You know, with tin and stuff. And, and there's other guys, like, just lining up. I mean, he's getting paid ridiculous money for it. If these other ones happen, like if he fights Nate Diaz or someone like that, do you think this hurts his legacy or does he not get, or does $12 million matter more than your legacy? Hmm. You understand what I'm saying, right?
2: Yeah, I do. I think it does hurt his legacy. But just picture this if as he got older, you know, and he loses his kind of boxing skills, and if he then started to actually have some good fights, with these guys, then I think we would all enjoy those. And we'd sort of say, oh, well, that was Mayweather 2.0. That's a different Mayweather to the boxer that that we all kind of knew. But that I don't think happens for a while. I think he outboxes the MMA guys very easily for the foreseeable future. Um, And so I think it does tarnish his legacy, really, because it's, it's almost like, look, if you want to come back and fight, then... Come back and see how you fare against a Crawford or a Spence or someone like that.
1: Yeah, he's he making ridiculous money. I just had that thought because is getting ridiculous money, for pay-per-view hits, and you know all kinds of stuff. So there's a hell of an argument. Say, well, screw it. I don't care. I'm going to make another ten million dollars for fighting a guy who's got no chance of beating my grandmother. You know, in the boxing ring. So why not do it? Because it, and it's not it's not about money. Like I always have memories. You know, Joe Lewis. He, used to have, he worked as a greeter, meaning when you came into the casino in Vegas back in the day, because he lost all his money. He had no money, right? He was poor. So he was just, you know, or boxers getting in the wrestling ring or, you know, something like that beneath him because they spent all the money. And obviously that's not Mayweather's case. So he doesn't need the money, but shit, $12 million is a lot of money. <laughs> so- right.
2: Mayweather said that, Javonta Davis will have a fight with Tenshin. Got you know the, the Japanese kickboxer that Mayweather wiped out. He's now saying that Javonta Davis will have a have a fight with him. Which I mean, oh, I just a joke because the guy got cleaned out inside a round by Mayweather badly, and you're going to put him in there with Davis, who would just who would just annihilate him even probably more brutally because right. Davis is alive. Hard punching boxer, you know, not a retired fighter who turned up for a bit of fun like Mayweather. So I, I right. don't know what, what there's truth in that. But back to Mayweather, I think it probably does uh, tarnish the legacy a bit. And I think pure boxing fans aren't that interested in it, but we'll no. tune into it because we can't help ourselves, you All know. Right. But,
1: you, but you know who's um, really interested in that is the MMA crowd because they want to see a, an MMA guy beat him, whether it be Diaz or McGregor or Khabib or whoever it is. And so you're pulling in that whole crowd who will support it and watch that event and pay for that on pay per view. They're big events
2: and there's big money there. You know, <clears throat> and big money. If we're promoters and we're businessmen, we'd say, "Do it." There's a night out for people. You know, there's money. You might as well do it. But the boxing people don't really like it.
1: No, they don't. Tom, are you still with us? <laughs>
0: oh. I wanted to sort of close out with like a quick fire round. So, so a quick answer, if that's possible from the doctor. Because <laughs> he's got so much knowledge to put on us. Go on. 2018, Doc. Best fighter of the year?
2: Lomachenko v Linares. I think it was a very technical, high-skill fight that I enjoyed. Uh, there, was a, there was a few good fights, but that would be my pick.
0: Best fighter of the year,
2: 2018? I think Lomachenko's the best fighter. But that was probably the case before and present. But who did the best and and is arguably one of the very, very best, Usig, for some of the reasons that we talked about earlier.
0: Who should we be looking out for this year?
2: I think we should be looking out for the heavyweight, Daniel Dubois. Dubois, I can't say. I might pronounce Dubois, it. Dubois, maybe? Out. Tonight. that's the one daniel dubois thank you very much thomas big heavyweight very young comes from boxing family and looks good i think he's going to emerge onto the scene with the with the top guys soon maybe not this year but soon so watch out
0: most improved of 2018 my most
2: improved fighter generally not just 2018 but just over the last couple of years, I think, is Dillian White. I think the improvements that he has made are very, very impressive. I still find him a little cumbersome to watch at times, and he's still got a long way to go. But there's night and day between what you see now and what you saw when he fought Joshua. I'm not doing very well with my one-word answers. That's
0: pretty good. I, I, I like it. I like it. It's a good level of detail. Biggest disappointment of 2018.
2: Eubank Jr. for doing absolutely nothing that he predicted <laughs> and told him to do in his fight against uh, George Groves. Change the question to biggest embarrassment. Uh, that would have been maybe the answer. But putting it out there on the machine, I throw a thousand punches a minute. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm, and he just he got took to school. I think that was you know. If anyone was disappointed, it, it must have been him. I knew it was coming, but all pretty much. But
0: everyone likes Groves, right? He's a proper grafter. Knockout of the year,
2: 2018. In a way, the Nao. In a way, Juan Carlos Panaya. Obviously, I was there and I saw it and I saw the sweat fly, and of course, um, that was a chilling knockout.
0: Feel good factor of 2018. <laughs> You uh, like this
2: guy. The the the
1: factor factor
2: of twenty nineteen. Feel good factor. I know it's a bit soft for you, Jim. A little bit bit woolly yeah. on that. Tyson <laughs> Fury. I mean come on. Go. That guy right. has all feeling very, very good about a lot of things.
0: And finally, what would you like to see in twenty nineteen? What's what's the dream year?
2: I would like to see Errol Spence and Terence Crawford getting the ring together. That is a fight that I think would be fantastic. I would love to see that. And, of course, I'd like to see Fury v. Joshua, but as we also talked a little bit about earlier, there's good reasons why that might not happen, and it might not be such a bad thing, because I think we'll get served up some nice little delights in in between. But, yeah, Spence v. Crawford. I can't pick that fight. I don't know who wins. Love it. It'd be a good fight.
0: All right, Doc, so you've got a couple of questions for us. I'm scared already. <laughs> I am.
2: Okay. First question goes to Tom. Tom, if you could have any punch in your arsenal, which punch would it be and whose? So you've got to think of a of a boxer. What punch?
0: I'm going to have to go with Mike Tyson's kind of shovel hook. Ooh. Bob and what weave under their punch, and then the way he just drives up. And you look at those drills that he used to um, that he used to dr- yeah, do. Yeah, where he's yeah, Like yeah. closing on his opponent and getting in tight. I think that is a, a truly, truly awesome punch. In terms of like, you know, I'm I'm relatively rangy, so so some of the other punches are less sort of exciting for me. But that's the one I'd add to my arsenal.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. amazing. Okay, Jim, you're yes. a, a very successful trainer of fighters. Um, imagine what I is hear. The, if the Dr. Watson genie grants you a wish and you're training a fighter, right? To give him a rock hard punch or a rock hard chin, you can't have both. Which would you choose and why?
1: Well, that's a rather interesting question. Oh, god damn, tough one, right? <laughs> that, that, because both have a real purpose. I have a rock hard gin. It hasn't served me any good. (laughs) I can barely speak English now. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) that is so tough, I don't even know. See, the problem is I don't know what else my fighter has.
2: Do you know what?
1: Do you follow what I'm saying? I'm going to say (laughs) you have to go with the punch, but – uh, having a great chin is great, but there's no way to make a hell of a living doing that. I can tell you that personally.
2: <laughs> exactly. If I was a paying fan, I'd rather see the fire with the rock, with the hard punch because you know you're going to get a knockout.
1: Probably win a shitload of fights just as a direct result of that. No one wins a fight because they got hit in the face really hard and broke the other guy's fist.
2: And you can train defense, right? So if All you've right. not got the best chin, you can you can work with it. So i also picked the, the dynamite punch but uh, that was my trivial questions for you uh gents thank you
1: that they were tough i still don't even know i'm gonna be thinking Listen, about that all day
2: i nearly told you what the questions would be in advance right. and i deliberately didn't because you gave me the peter mcneely question on my first
1: show <laughs> <laughs> but you nailed You I mean, that meant you you As a boxing legend in pubs throughout the the UK. So, that worked. You got a big fan base. That was great. Great show. I'm excited. Doc, it is always a pleasure. Let's make sure we get you properly scheduled next month. I know you're jet-setting around the planet, fixing the world's problems, but we have a boxing show to do, so we have to prioritize. Hey, it was a great show, as always. Peace out.